You know, for the last uh, four, three and a half months, I've not been able to see anybody's faces, so I get, may get a little distracted today because I can actually see your faces. So good to see everybody here. This is good. Happy Father's Day to all of you fathers. Uh, for those of you who want to be fathers, who, um, <coughs> excuse me, for those of you who have wanted to be fathers but haven't been able to, hey, I'm going to say happy day to you too. This is a problematic day for some. Um, but I'll, I'll bring a little humor. How about this? I'll start today's Father's Day with just a few bad dad jokes for you, just so that you can kind of get into the, maybe this is something that'll spur on conversation at lunchtime, okay? So um, what do you call someone with no uh, body and no nose? Nobody knows. Okay, what? <laughs> do you know why elevator jokes are so good? Because they work on so many different levels. Um, Here's one about construction. You want to hear a joke about construction? I'm still working on it. I'm sorry, these are really, but they're not good jokes. They're bad. And, I mean, I wish I could be like Chuck Norris. You know, Chuck Norris does not read books. He just stares them down until he gets the information he wants. It didn't really work for a service either, did it? Oh, well. Maybe we should just pray and move on, shall we? Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for the day. Thank you for these folks that are here um, or online watching us. God, this is just such a great time of, uh, you know, history that we're able to, to show and experience worship with so many different types of people in so many different places. Lord, we are so thankful for today. And, and Lord, we are thankful for those men in our lives who have shown us love. Those men, uh, maybe they're our fathers, maybe they aren't. Lord, some of us don't have a great relationship with our dad. So Lord, thank you for those men who are willing to put themselves second to us. So right now today, Lord, we just are thankful for them. We're thankful for those people who have chosen to love us uh, even when we weren't necessarily lovable. We pray that you would be in our sermon today, be in our music, be in the hearts of those that are listening, and I pray that you would help us to leave changed. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> well, thank you for watching us online, uh, wherever you are. I just uh, pray that God will bless you this week and that he uh, reaches you today just as he is reaching us here in this room. Uh, we are at the very end of our series on miracles, and my question is, do, miracle, do you believe miracles still occur? Okay, I do, I do, I do too. Um, one, one great Father's Day story. Uh, well, it's, I don't know how great it is. It, it, it is a miracle. Uh, so there was a man who had to watch his child grow up in the most painful way possible. Uh, his son suffered from seizures. I don't know if it was epilepsy or, or, you know, what caused the seizures, you know, but if seizures, then this kid was having a hard time. Um, and, and it didn't matter what time of day. I mean, he has seizures all the time. You know, one particular instance, you know, they were outside, and I guess they were at a fire going outside, and, and he, he had a seizure, and he fell into the fire, and, and he got burned. And there was another time whenever he's close to the water, and, and all of a sudden he, he falls in the water having a seizure, you know, nearly drowns. And no matter how hard the father tried, no matter what kind of remedies he would try, nothing would help his son. And so oftentimes as he's, I mean, you know, seizures, they leave you just wounded. And sometimes you, you pull muscles and, and so often he was just terribly beaten. And the man took him to see several professionals and no one could figure out what to do. 
These were supposed to be the ones that could help him and they could not help him. And he was desperate. So he finally got in to see this person that had remarkable success dealing with issues that his boy was having. And, and so he, he, he brought him to him and, and while he's talking, he, he has another seizure. And it, apparently this man knew what he was doing because the solution was clear. And from that moment on, this boy did not have any seizures ever. It was a miracle. Now, when we hear stories like this, we wonder, is it miraculous? You know, with advances to medicine, we kind of look at some things as well as just science we've just now figured out. Do we believe in medical miracles or is it just science? Or could they be both? Now, when we read miracles in the Bible, sometimes it's a little easier to believe them because, you know, it's the Bible. For the, most part, for the most part, we don't have a lot of issues believing, but when it comes to modern-day miracles, how willing are we to really believe? I mean, this particular story I told was actually found in Matthew 17. And the professionals who this man took his son to were the apostles. Now, last week we talked about how faith is important to the, to the miracles that we see, how faith precedes the miraculous. And I believe strongly that this is the exact same thing today, that the more faith we have, the more potential we have to see the miraculous in our everyday life. And this is exactly what the, Jesus told the apostles at the end of this story in Matthew 17. I mean, they were these professionals. They've already healed people, but they couldn't do it. So they asked Jesus, why couldn't we heal? And Jesus tells them, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, he says, if I, you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Even that's a little hard to believe, isn't it? Nothing will be impossible. Jesus tells us that with faith, nothing is impossible. So if we want to catch a glimpse into God's everyday world to experience or see the miraculous, we've got to have faith. Faith is a prerequisite, I believe, to the miraculous got to have faith even if it doesn't make sense even if it makes us look a little foolish take this clip for example have y'all seen Evan Almighty so Evan Almighty just a brief rundown Evan is this congressman who's been told by God to build an ark seems a little crazy and people don't really understand him especially his wife she wants to have faith but she's struggling with what to believe. Watch this.
I think each day God gives us an opportunity to see the miraculous. So what does a miracle look like, you may wonder. I think sometimes it looks like standing beside someone, not because you necessarily agree, not because you even believe the same things, but because you've chosen to love them. I mean, think about what people have done for you in your life. They have chosen to stand by you. They have chosen to walk beside you. Not because they agree with you. Not because they even like you necessarily. Why? Because they have chosen to love you. That's miraculous, y'all. A lady named Ann Atwater was a civil rights leader in Durham, North Carolina very active in her community a man named C.P. Uh, Ellis was an exalted cyclops in the KKK in Durham now these two people in the 60s hated one another I don't know if that word actually encapsulates what they really felt I think sometimes hate is not enough they hated one another now on one occasion CP was talking at a rally I'm sure he's fully dressed and he's at a rally well Atwater grabs a knife and she is heading towards Ellis intent on killing him she didn't a while later both of these people were presented with an opportunity each was appointed to co-chair a, a meeting that was set to help the community during the time of desegregation they were going to co-chair this meeting they still hated each other have y'all ever had to be in the same room with someone you just hated you ever had to work side by side with someone either you hated or you just dislike I wonder how many times this woman prayed for a miracle to occur. What she got, what they were both given, was instead an opportunity to love someone they did not like. And when they began, neither one of them wanted to give the other anything that they wanted. However, during this 10-day meeting, 10 long days, they had a moment when something miraculous occurred. Now, it wasn't necessarily a bright light or a miracle moment, but in, in, in some, I don't know when it happened, but they both started listening. They both stopped thinking about themselves and began to listen to each other and to the children that they were supposed to be helping. And the conversations that occurred in the next following days changed their lives. I believe the Holy Spirit was smack dab in the middle of that 10-day meeting. Conversations that changed their lives. It changed their perspectives and the way they saw one another. They both began to look past themselves and began to focus on what was best for the kids and for their community tears began to flow during these meetings and these are strong people stubborn people and tears began to flow and these two enemies 
became lifelong friends. There's actually a, a, a film, I think, and a documentary about them. So if you want to go home and, and, and watch a little bit more about this story, just search up Atwater and Ellis. So what he does is he leaves the KKK, completely gets out of all of that. And she begins to campaign and lobby with him to help desegregate the community. And these people found a way through their differences. And they found out that the way through was to look past themselves and focus on loving each other, but loving these kids they were trying to help. And through this exercise, through this attempt to love these kids, and listen, they found a love for each other that was a lifelong bond. Now, I want you to remember something. Um, I feel like I talk about love a lot here. I talk about love a lot from this stage. In fact, a preacher friend of mine tells me that, that one of his elders at a church he was a, a long-standing preacher of came up to him one day and said, hey, you really need to stop talking about love so much and get back to the gospel. I wish that were not a true story. I feel like I talk about love a lot. We talk about the love of God. We talk about the love of Jesus. We talk about how God loved his us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for us that that we wouldn't have to experience death but that we could have eternal life with him we talk about this a lot and sometimes I I feel like we kind of lose the whole notion and the reality that that love is miraculous it's miraculous I mean it's something that I sometimes you just can't explain right Love is miraculous to have someone put their needs behind yours, to put your needs ahead of their own. It's not as common as you would think, especially in today's self-centered world. And in the case of this story, can you imagine what kind of miracle it took for these two enemies to love one another and to be friends on top of that? Now, Jesus tells us to love our enemy in Matthew 5, He says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And by doing this, you will be called children of your Father in heaven. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Talk about difficult. I mean, this story is amazing because we rarely, if ever, today hear about this type of thing. Have, have you heard about any of these stories in the last three or four weeks? seems like all these news outlets are trying to push is division and conflict opposition they're trying to pit people on each side of an issue of issues and facebook our other news source all we tend to see on that are comments and posts that are meant to stop a conversation instead of start it And we wave scripture around as if we're supporting our self-centered ideas and then somehow we're surprised when people disagree with us. And we can't just ignore it either, can we? When we're scrolling. Can't just ignore it. No, we got to prove the other person wrong and sometimes we do it in a not-so-gentle way. We we bring up their, their humanity and question their Christianity and their authenticity, even their patriotism because, you know, we have to be right. And why? Because I, listen, as a culture, I'm talking to myself too, we are very self-centered. 
And, and really, for the most part, our culture only loves when it's easy and when it's somehow beneficial. We have, you know, some friends, I'm sure, but we have a lot of comrades. You know, the difference between a friend and a comrade is a comrade is someone that the, the, your commonality is what you're against. I think really I've got a lot of Facebook comrades, social media comrades. Because to love someone when we disagree with them is not our first impulse. To pray for our enemies is not our first impulse. But thank the Lord God, our, our God in heaven, who has chose a long time ago to love us no matter what we've done. Amen? Thank the Lord that while we were steeped in sin, while we were doing the worst thing you're bringing to your mind right now, the worst thing you've done in your life, he still says, I love you more than anything. So much so that he even died for you. He, shows, he showed us what it looks like to love and for us to be able to do this for others, especially our enemies, is nothing short of miraculous. And we know miracles give us a glimpse into the kingdom of heaven. It gives us just a little bitty taste of what God lives in each and every day. And hear me, there is no clearer glimpse into the kingdom of God than when we choose to love someone with everything we are. There's no clearer glimpse into the kingdom of heaven than when his kids are loving their neighbor and their enemies. Because love is of God. John 4, 1 John 4, Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that God, that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. And if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and we rely on the love that God has for us. God is love whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them now this is a miracle that through the power of the Holy Spirit even you could show the world what it looks like to love the way God has loved you can show the world what it feels to be loved by God the same spirit that was in Christ Jesus. He can live in us as well. The same spirit that was in Jesus can help us to love even when we don't want to do it. Even when we don't think we can 
do it. And right now, this love, this spirit is moving people to put themselves second to others. It's driving people to serve for the sake of others. It's moving children. It's moving teens. It's moving adults to do miraculous things in the world. I mean, think about it. God has given each and every one of us a chance to perform a miracle. Giving people a glimpse into the kingdom of God. How do we do this? It's by seizing the opportunity to love. Not just casually walking up to it and scratching the surface. Seize the opportunity. Loving people in our actions, loving people in our words, standing beside those people who need to know that God is still active in the world, that God is with them. Loving people by listening to them, by empathizing with them, by putting ourselves in their shoes. Love, loving people by, by scrolling past the post you completely disagree with. Loving someone by not commenting. <laughs> loving someone that when they comment on your post, not retaliating to their comment. And those people who we think that are our enemies, could we love them by simply praying for them? Not that God smites them, not really technically a good prayer. Pray that God actually blesses them. I know that's hard some of our enemies do not deserve a blessing but then again do we could we pray for our enemies to see God and I will tell you that if, if, if you start doing that you need to be prepared because the biggest miracle of, of all is, is that when you, God, when you start praying for this for these opportunities, God's actually going to give you opportunities to love your neighbor. Have you seen any opportunities to love your neighbor in the recent weeks? By the way, if you look at the whole Good Samaritan story, the neighbor is not the guy in the ditch. The neighbor is the Samaritan that no one liked, that the Jews did not like to be in the same room with. They didn't understand them. They thought they were animals. In fact, when he says, who is the neighbor? They couldn't even bring themselves to say the word Samaritan. So uh, he says, who is the neighbor? The guy who helped. God will give you opportunities to love your neighbor. And why is this miraculous when we love our neighbor? Because it proves to the world that God still cares, that he's still listening, that he still is paying attention, that he wants good to prevail in the world and it proves that God is still active and that he still loves and he wants to love the world so much through each and every one of you that's a miracle I mean this can be you you know this can be you who is that living miracle for someone who whenever they act a certain way they're expecting us to respond in a certain way and when you respond with love instead talk about shocking some people to their core that could be you 
if you choose to love. So my encouragement to you this week is to go, to look for the opportunities to love and embrace them with everything you are. Look for opportunities. Even if they're uncomfortable, have faith. Choose to have faith and choose to love. And you will see that the world in this world miracles are still very much possible I believe it let's all stand together I'm going to close with a prayer and I'll be down here if you guys need prayer if you guys are having a hard time loving your neighbor or just need some prayer let us help we would love to pray with you God thank you so much for this day for these folks thank you for giving us the opportunity to love one another and thank you for showing us real world examples of people who have chosen to love us even when we weren't that lovable. Lord, we pray this morning that you would help us uh, with our eyes open to see a world that needs a miracle. Help us not to contribute to the chaos, but help us to contribute to the love you so desperately want us to share. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing together.